Welcome to the Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Your weekend wake-up tradition for the last 30 years. It's Rosie on the House. Oh, yeah. A great big Arizona Saturday good morning to you all. You're in my house. It's Rosie on the house. Happy to have you. Come on in, sit down, get comfortable. It's your Saturday morning wake-up call, your Saturday morning tradition for 30 years. This goes worldwide, doesn't it? This is real live. (laughs) And we are in the 7 o'clock hour, Rosie on the house, where we always have some extraordinary guests or some extraordinary topic and fun. And we're all here this morning. Romy, my son and co-host in the control position. Gary D., our engineer, making sure we're all in the aiming at the right satellites. And my sweet Jennifer. Good morning, babe. Uh, you Good morning. got a, You got a bevy full of guests here this morning. I did. I did. You know, it all started a couple years ago when Jim West, uh, Jim West has been in the broadcasting industry for 40 years, and he reached out to me and said, Jennifer, I wrote this book called Phoenix Sound. And it's all about the rockabilly movement back in the starting in the 60s, I think. 50s and 60s. 50s and 60s yeah. here in the uh-huh. valley. And so Jim came on and we talked about about your book. Welcome, Jim. Thank you, Jennifer. I, I, I see the crew you've put together here, and one thought comes to mind. Look what the cat dragged in. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I love cats. <laughs> well, Jim, Ma- you, Mama really loves cats. <laughs> Your career goes way back as well, and you've had some really great, a really great ride well, working thank you. working in L.A. Well, I didn't work in L.A., but uh, I worked here Academy in Academy of Country Music in L.A. I was on, yes, ma'am, okay. exactly. Academy of Country Music Awards. I was on the board of directors for oh, okay. a couple of years right. in the '90s. But prior to that, started out in radio when I was in the military in the Air Force part time. Then yeah. I came back to Arizona. You were a general. I was you? a general. No, oh, right. exactly, General <laughs> Airman. So, <laughs> and uh, so I came back to Tucson. Grew up in Tucson, and I uh, worked in radio there, and then ended up here in Phoenix. And I was working for Buck Owens at KNIX Radio here back for, in the '80s for many years, and. Uh, and was just uh, blessed to be able to be in the country music industry mainly uh, for forty some years all over the country. I was program director in places like that. So Phoenix Music Award two thousand eight. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. ma'am. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. So you reached out recently and said you were excited about um, one of your uh, past. Uh, people in your life that had written their own book. Exactly. And so we have today with us Mr. Ray. Odom. Mr. Ray Odom is an, a legendary figure in the city of Phoenix, Arizona, and he goes way back to the early 50s. He moved here from Texas, and we're going to get into that here in a moment with Mr. Odom. In 1951 from 51, Texas. 51, that's correct. And, and uh, Ray has became, over the years, uh, Mr. Country Music of Arizona. He started up uh, several radio stations back in the 50s. He was the first person to bring Elvis Presley to Arizona. Three uh, times. Was it three or four times? Three. Oh, okay. And started in 1956. Frank Sinatra once. Sinatra. I mean, everybody you can think of under the sun. Johnny in, Cash in 20 the, times. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, thank you very much for sure. having us this morning. Well, I spoke. I want to introduce also in the studio, we have Miss Dolly, who has been married to Ray for 62 years. Welcome, Miss Dolly. Thank you. Oh, thanks for coming in. So we had a really nice chat yesterday, and this, the story as it unfolds is just really incredible. Ray, I just wanted to... Um, you know, for you to tell the folks how, it's, how it all started that you came here in 1951. Phoenix was a dusty little town, no freeways, no highways, no city. What, what led you out here? Well, there was an interesting story. Uh, 
I was uh, in broadcasting in Texas, a little town called Coleman, Texas. I was brought up on a farm. I'm the cow milking champion of Arizona. And, Is that uh, official? Uh, yes, and I was milking cows as a six-year-old in Texas, and uh, they had a, I don't know what it's, what it's called, but it was kind of a conference call type thing that went out to radio stations all over the country. And they said there was a radio station in Phoenix, Arizona that was looking for a sports uh, director and a program director. So I didn't even call or anything. I just uh, got in the car and came to Arizona. So were you the first one to show up for the job? And I met with Howard Loeb. He owned KRIZ at that time. And uh, uh, he asked me to come to dinner and uh, went over there and... He said, come out to the radio station in the morning, and I was hired the next morning. So that's where it all started in 1951. And you started in play-by-play. I got into broadcasting. I went to the Cambridge School of Radio Broadcasting in New York. I got out of the Navy in, in New York, or Long Island, actually, and uh, <clears throat> I got a limo, and I was uh, had a brother-in-law. He had a limo, and we worked out of the Long Island Railroad Station, and there were trains that came different directions across the water and the other one across uh, Jamaica. And uh, so we worked out, out of uh, Lawrence, Long Island, and we had a phone and we'd get calls to bring people to the station and to the, to the trains. And uh, when they would drop people off, we'd take them to their homes and so forth. So that's how that all got started. But... Uh, it, I was listening to the radio all the time and they advertising in this school. So I went to the Cambridge School of Radio Broadcasting. And strangely enough, uh, after the sessions were over, we had some great, great uh, leaders, uh, teachers and whatever. And uh, they took us to dinner and they said, we think, uh, they called me Tex. I was really from Louisiana, but I didn't want to be called Louise. So I <laughs> said, uh, said, now, wait a minute. Now. They call me <laughs> Wait a minute. Right. Wrong the audience. They, they called me Tex. So they said, uh, Tex, we think that in uh, five years out of this entire school, there'll be <clears throat> two people still in the radio. And we th- that one of the two will be you. And well, that were right about that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> they were correct. And they said, in 10 years, we think that there will be just one, and text we think that it will be you. Wow. Well, I've been in it 100 years now, so I don't know what happened to all the others. <laughs> you do have a big birthday coming up this weekend. Hey, yeah? you got memory like Avalon. <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell everybody how old you're going to be on Saturday? I'll be, what, Mom? 102? No. No, no, no. 92. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. <laughs> I, You know, when we talked yesterday, I learned something, and I, I probably should have known this, but when you do play-by-play, you were telling me how you would have to recreate the experience for people who are listening. Well, so I, used, I used to do it live, mm-hmm. but then I got into a lot of recreations, and I really loved that. We had all the sound effects, lightning, thunder, and rain, and uh, we had uh, studio uh, people in our studio would come through, fetch your hot dogs, ice cold Coca-Cola, oh, yes. and all that kind of stuff. Back in the so days before live feeds, that right? Was, yeah, that was, Is that, yeah. was that the reason yeah, for that? Exactly. I, yeah, exactly. They recreated when all the ball games. When yeah. he said that, I, I had yeah. no frame of reference for that. Yeah, yeah. That, back that in the old really radio cool. days, exactly. So how, and how, did he, how did you know what was going on to be able to recreate Well, that? I'll pass the information along to you. <clears throat> Instead of getting Western Union or <clears throat> one of the majors like that, <clears throat> I would have some person in the cities, and uh, he would listen to the games and take down all the information, and then he would call me and give in code. He'd give me 
uh, what happened on those plays and so forth. Yeah. So that was my recreation form. Yeah. Wow. That's a start. That's just one aspect of Mr. Rodham's career all these years. I know. It's going to take us three segments to get through <laughs> exactly. all, all the aspects <laughs> exactly. for sure. Uh-huh. So how did you transition from then? How are we doing? Uh, how how do we transition from doing play by play to your next step, which was the what K- it, KRUX, right after the KRIZ, you went to Crux KRUX and started doing the stage shows. Well, Stan Norman uh, yeah. owned the station, and he called me one day. I was at <coughs> excuse me, Chris, and he called me and he said, Ray, how much money are you making over there? And I told him, he said, if you come with me at Crux, I'll double the money. I said, you just hired yourself a guy, <laughs> so it didn't take me long to make up my mind so stan was a great guy and i had gone to howard Loeb, who owned kriz and i asked him to let me promote shows because i had done that in abilene i brought a lot of country acts and uh, we had huge crowds you know for these and made money from that sideline so stan said uh low wouldn't he said, no i don't want to do that at kriz so stan norman when he said, you're coming with me, I told him a story. He said, you got a deal. We'll bring whomever you want here. So that's how we brought Elvis three times, and we brought Sinatra and all these people, but mostly country. Johnny Cash 20 times, Willie 20 Nelson times. 20 times. And, and where would they play when they came? Madison Square Garden and Riverside Park Ballroom. And where are those places? Well, there. Madison Square Garden was a wrestling and boxing arena, and I announced wrestling and boxing from yep. uh, there also. In Riverside Ballroom, Bob Fight owned the place, and uh, I had to do my shows from there on Thursday nights because he had a big country band and the trumpets and saxes and everything, including all the country uh, 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 instruments. And it was unbelievable, the crowds that we, I was going to say, I had to do my shows on Thursday night at Riverside because his dances would draw a 1,000 people and uh, he had to have Saturday and Sunday nights for himself. Yeah. And that's the 1950s? 50s, yeah. yeah. Those which, places which, don't exist anymore. Uh, Riverside Ballroom is on South Central at the Salt River, and Madison Square Garden was downtown next to where the police station is now. And, uh, and yeah. at the time, the population in the 50s was like 100,000 people. Exactly. So 1,000 people was a huge crowd. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Yeah. What would you pay for a ticket? Do you remember? What would you pay for a ticket to see Johnny Cash in the 50s? Well, you brought Elvis in for $1.50 a ticket. That's right. In 1956. <laughs> yeah. And I think that I saw he charged $10,000, I think, dollars. Yeah, yeah 10000 yeah. for the first time uh, Ray okay. brought Ray brought Elvis to yeah. town. Yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Cute story about, if you'd like, I just, this is a sideline, but there's a big story in uh, a corner a store newspaper, not the Arizona Republic, but... Uh, uh, story about Elvis uh, got uh, three girls pregnant. Uh oh. Uh oh. Cute uh, story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, he, they said the girls were writing in this story also, and they said you could not believe he brought each bought each one of them a new caddy. <laughs> three girls. And then they said the first day of every month, they got a check the size of which you couldn't believe. He wanted to take care of the girls and the babies. Tell us the story about Elvis first uh, calling you in 1954, if you have time. You want to right, wait? Let's take, let's, we're going to take a little break and sure. come back and hear, hear some more. Bringing Elvis to Phoenix for the first time in 1956. 56. 56. 56. All right. Yeah. When we get back with Ray Odom.
and Jim West at Rosie on the House. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. And welcome back this morning. The regular listeners of the show know we do a home improvement radio show for 30 years, revolving around your questions about things you're trying to get done around your house, home, castle, or cabin. Well, that starts at 9 o'clock. That goes 9 to 11. At 8 o'clock, Romy guides you through the outdoor living hour, where we talk about everything having to do with the outside of your house and the hardscape and the softscape and the landscape and the irrigation, the care, the planning, and the fertilizing of it. But at 7 o'clock hour, when the radio station said, Rosie, we want you to take one more hour. I said, okay, I'll take one more hour if I don't have to talk about home improvement. <laughs> Not that we don't we, love it. We, we call the 7 o'clock hour... We're trying to decide what to call a 7 o'clock hour. I think Romy nailed it when he called it the Arizona People, Places, and Events Hour. Good job. We generally talk about Arizona people. And this morning, we've got some special guests in. Jennifer, you went through the trouble of scouting these folks out and rounding them up. Why don't you reintroduce all of them? Well, we have um, two broadcast icons in the studio this morning. Jim West, uh, author of Phoenix Sound, is how we first uh, yes, met each other. You came on. We talked about your book Thank about you. rockabilly. Rockabilly and the yes. recording music scene in Phoenix in the fifties and sixties, yeah. which Mr. Odom was a big part. You know of. when I when you came in the first time, yeah, I just kept trying to picture how that happened here. It was a dusty little town of a hundred thousand people, no highways, no no big city, yeah. yeah. And and this music thing just evolved. So, but Ray was really instrumental. There's in, a lot in of talented people in this valley. Yeah. they became major stars like you know Sanford Clark and Dwayne Eddy. And Waylon Jennings, but that's you know through the evolution of all that back in the day. Yeah, we're, so we're kind of like the Muscle Shoals of the Sonoran Desert, yeah, right? Pretty much, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's a great documentary if you haven't seen it. Just about uh, in Alabama, the yep. all the um, recording scene there. Oh, sure, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. So Ray, tell us a little bit about how the, it came about that you ended up with the country music radio stations. What what led you to that? And at the time, you were the first one to have an all-country music station, right? Yes, correct. I put uh, K Hep K H E P. Uh, you ain't Hep if you don't listen to K Hep, and uh, I put that on from the FCC. And uh, then I, I had six stations altogether at various times, and just got in heavily into country music. I in Abilene, Texas, where I was from. Uh, we brought in a lot of shows down there. I was with the radio there, KRBC, and, and uh, they were very successful bringing in these talents. Ray Price, first show he ever worked in his life. He worked for me in Abilene. I paid him $75, and he <laughs> drove over from uh, Fort Worth. And uh, his mother was a dressmaker, and she made him some shirts, and he changed shirts three times on three different appearances <laughs> <laughs> on, on TV that night. Anyway, just a lot of fun. That's how it all got started. And then I came out here in 1951 and went to work at KRIZ. And uh, I tried to get Howard Loeb, who owned the station, to let me do promotions here. They were money makers, big money makers. No, I'm not interested in that, he said. Well, one day, Stan Norman, who owned the KRUX in Glendale, <coughs> he called me and he said, Ray, how much money are you making over there at that station? And I told him, and he said, I'll double it if you'll come to work for me. I said, you just got a new employee. So we went over there immediately, if not sooner, and uh, we uh, started bringing in shows, and they were hugely successful at Madison Square Garden. 
And Channel 10 came to me one time and said, we'd like to have you to announce the wrestling matches here also. And I said, I'd be happy to. So were they, the, the wrestling matches were televised? <laughs> yes. And this would go oh, back. That's to, Channel 10. Channel, this would go back to when now? 51. 51? Yeah, okay. yeah. All they right. had to have some kind of programming back in the day. When yeah. And, and Madis Madison Square Garden, it would sit, what, 2,000 people? At least a thousand. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. It was very successful, and wrestling was big time. I also announced wrestling on radio. A uh, correction, boxing on radio, on KRUX, and uh, that's a little different thing. That was all on radio. You just didn't know how to say no when everybody answered you or anything, right? I guess that's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> very capable, obviously. Yeah. So, who is it? What What guest did you bring that stands out the most in your mind that you just Elvis Presley? Elvis. Three times we brought him here. Yeah. We, uh, my wife, she wasn't my wife at that time. She was, he was 19 and she was 18. And we picked him up at the airport and uh, uh, he got in the front seat with us and we were driving along and everything he said to her was, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. He was just the a Memphis boy. Yeah, yep. yeah. Well, that's right. Tell us a story about the uh, when he called you up on the radio in, in 1954. He was just starting out. He had like Blue Moon of Kentucky. He had Milk, recorded. Cow, and, Blues, yeah. Boogie was on the other side and it was a 78 record. Yeah. He was very accessible back then. My dad, I'm from Memphis, okay. and so my dad and mom were raised there. And uh, I told dad you were coming on, and he said, yeah, we used to sit around and talk to Elvis after his shows. You know, he, It wasn't like it is now where it's just so many throngs of people. It was just sure. people who loved what they did, and they sat around and visited with the, with the guest in the, as they entertained. So we called you up, was going to L.A., and asked you to get on your show. Tell us about that, Ray. Yeah, I, I, he said I'd only charge you $14. <laughs> well, I had my talent booked already, but I could have squeezed in a 15-minute segment for him. But I said, Elvis, I've already got talent booked for that. But I said, I will be bringing you to town soon. I'll guarantee you that. Mom, I paid him 10000 10000 when I brought him here. That was the first time. And, uh, At a buck fifty a ticket. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> and, and, and in your new book, Ray Odom, Lifetime of Radio Records and Racehorses, there's actually a, a reproduction of the Phoenix Gazette ad, bringing Elvis and to town yeah. for the first time for a buck and a half. We're here with Ray Odom and Jim West, Sweet Jennifer and. Miss Dolly, all right here in the studio this morning at Rosie on the House. Bottom of the hour break. We'll be right back, y'all. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Go marching in, when the saints go marching in. <laughs> Chris, Chris and Crux. Jennifer, now when we were in high school, they were the top 20, you know. Top 40 stations. Top 40 stations. Yeah. And it was 1250 and 1360. Memory like a lot. And you just had two buttons on your radio and you just went back and forth and <laughs> yeah. back and forth and <laughs> yeah. back and yeah. forth. Oh, man. But back in Ray's day, they were playing block programming. They were playing all sorts of different things on the radio in the 50s back then. And then, he, of course, he started this, the country station, KHAP, and then KHAT Radio for about 10 years or more. Is that correct? You bet. And so that was kind of a gamble to start all country music at the yeah. time. And, and people didn't really think it would fly. But it, it Oh, my. Was... It just became a huge, huge success. A uh, little story if you have time. Sure. Uh, uh, a friend of mine had a Spanish-speaking station, and one day he came over to uh, my station, and he said, Ray, you got to be walking about 10 feet off the ground. I said, what are you talking about? And he said, the rating. I said, what rating? I didn't know a rating was taken. 
that's when I had K Hep, and uh, we had a, a grand opening, and it was hotter than blazes the, when we opened that day, and we had soft drinks, uh, big dispensers, and so forth. And uh, I don't know what all else. Mom remembers probably more than I, and uh, that's Dolly. Mom is, <laughs> and uh, anyway. Everything worked out uh, real well in that area. But when he walked in, he says, you gotta be walking so high off of the, off of the ground. And he said, that rating, he said, I've got a copy in my car, I'll go bring it in. And my eyes popped way out to here when I saw those ratings. KOY hadn't been beaten in the morning seven years. And you beat them. They had a 14 share of the audience, we had 28. <laughs> Wow. In the afternoon, KRUX, the station that I had left, and I did a four-hour country show there with them. And uh, they were second in the afternoon, and they had a 14. I had a 28. So your gamble and, and the off. rock stations weren't, would not play Elvis, but that's, Ray would. That's correct. He would play Elvis that's on KHAP. Correct. That's what he had a big audience from. I got my jocks together, and I said, now these rock stations, because he had Milk Cow Blues Boogie and Blue Moon of Kentucky, see, on that 78, well, they wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole for Elvis. <laughs> so I told my jocks, I said, I want six Elvis records an hour, every one of you. Man, the ratings shot up there like you can't and believe And how did they it. judge ratings at that? Well, they had, uh, they had a couple of different companies. Hooper yeah. was one of them yeah. back in the day, and yeah. they had different rating services. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, we were like that in all It was all an average. Ratings. Yeah. So, wow. Can I ask? I have a question. When I started, they were just phasing out A-track tapes. What came before A-track? <laughs> no tracks. No, no tracks. <laughs> how, how were you Albums? playing music in the 50s? Reel-to-reel or records? Yeah, yeah. records. Yeah, records. So you, yeah, vinyl. You, you did have reel-to-reel. Reel-to-reel or vinyl. then yeah. records. And 78s and then, then 45s and, and regular that, 33 and a third. That's correct. Yeah, yeah. Roma, you'll even have to teach your kids what a cassette tape is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, funny enough, they never, I don't ever remember cassettes and oh, radio. You don't? No, we not in we, radio. We used no. it to record, but never to play that's yeah. right. songs or that's right. commercials or... Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, let's let's kind of transition here a little bit because I want to cover um, the horse aspect because that's one of Be my loves. Before we well, go to horses, have, can I? Okay. Yeah. Go now ahead. I can. I've been on air thirty years, and I can remember the first dollar of advertising I collected. I still remember who it was, when it was, and where we were. When you buy your first radio station, who's who's the first sale you make? Who's a who's the first sponsor? That comes on. I never bought a station. I just put them on new from the FCC. I just applied oh, okay. for a license, so it didn't cost me any money. Well, one of your first uh, accounts was Tex Earnhardt, wasn't it? Yeah, one of his. One, one of your first, first ones. Yeah. When, yeah. I, when I came to Phoenix from Texas and uh, went by, he was in Chandler, wasn't he, Mom? Yes. And uh, he had three used cars out there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that has come a long way. Okay, that's, I, a, I, that's I, a great trivia question, though. Who's Tex Earnhardt? Then you find out who's from who's from the area, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So the horse racing aspect. So Dolly and uh, Ray, this is something y'all share in common: is is horse racing. You like to ride all the time. I do. Okay. I'm not on the horse track, but on the, no, no, on no. the trail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we do like to ride. That's great. So Dolly, what is your background in horses? My father had uh, quarter horses when I was little. And uh, that's when they all they had. We had no race tracks here, but uh, they had uh, in Chandler. 
they had uh, a racetrack, and uh, they'd have match racing. And so that's where my dad would go. There's no wagering at the time there. Uh, no wagering, yeah. no. So you were no. raised here in the Valley then? Oh, yes. Yeah. I was born at uh, Grand Avenue in Six Points. And your dad was actually from Spain. Spain. Yeah. Yes. It's a long way to land in the Phoenix Desert, huh? Yeah. Desert. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, tell her, tell so her how he came over on the ship. Oh, he couldn't afford the fare. So the man says, uh, if you can... Uh, stay in a wine barrel all day and hide there, and uh, we'll let you come over free. And then uh, at night, you can get out of the barrel, and you can uh, clean, the ship. clean the ship. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so you're, wow, wow that is a story, Dolly. Oh, that was how, unreal. <laughs> how many days does that take? I don't remember how many days it took, but he said they had... It was had a rowboat, so... <laughs> a rowboat, right. Yeah, no. <laughs> and uh, he said they had uh, four or five uh, storms, and he said that ship just... He hated bananas till the day he passed <laughs> because he ate so many bananas in that barrel. Oh. And he said it was a huge... It wasn't, you know, barrel, uh, and they put a chair in. And he could sit there. But um, can you imagine? No, they had no to. room for him otherwise, so he had to be in that barrel. Now, the <laughs> Odoms have been racing horses for over 60 years. And I went to fast forward, and Dolly, tell me how you met Ray then. At Madison Square Garden. Oh, okay. I met him. We had him. shows and dances there every Saturday night. We danced till 3 in the morning. And uh, she... I, looked, I was talking to her sister. She, they all came. There, her brother came to her shows and dances there every Saturday night, and he was a great athlete, Frankie. And uh, he was all state football, basketball, and track star. He was an awesome athlete. Anyway, uh, where am I going? To tell them how the first oh, time I met. saw you. So I was talking to her sister. She, I was on the stage with the band. And her sister came up and was talking to me. And Dolly was heading to the ladies' room. And I was saying, come on over here, come on. She ran to the ladies' room. <laughs> she said I scared her. <laughs> 62 years later, does he still scare you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she so, scares me sometimes. <laughs> so y'all have had this 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 thing you've done together all these years, the, the horse racing. Just tell us a little bit about that. Go ahead, babe. Ooh. You're asking her? Well, either one of you. Go okay. ahead, Okay. Um, We've been into horse racing for 62 years and love it dearly, and uh, we've had some nice horses. We're at Turf Paradise primarily because, like I said, we trained 23 years in San Francisco, and we really love San Fran. So uh, I started thinking about... uh, What? I'll, I'll think of that in a minute. The Great Star. Oh. I'm not sure you're talking about. I don't either. Well, I'll think of it later. But can't, what can't think of his name for crying out loud? Oh, the greatest <laughs> stars in, in history. Country stars? No. Actor. Not John Wayne. No. No. <laughs> no. We, we knew John. Holy. Oh, that's holy. okay. Look, I'm sorry. Tra- I got that's all right. Track. That's all right. So you're out of Turf Paradise, and you're still training to this day? Yeah. We are at just 6 o'clock in the morning. We're there every morning at the track. During the season. During the, the season, season starts in October again, right? September. Uh, September. We take our horses in to get yeah. them ready to race right. in September. The so. meet starts October the 11th. Yeah. 
Now, Ray and Dolly, come out and see y'all, us. y'all talked about being from Texas and Louisiana. I'm from South Louisiana. As a kid in the 60s, we used to go to the fairgrounds, and they would put two quarter horses side by side and just do a quarter mile straight. Yeah. Just side by And we'd all be riding the rails and hanging over. I thought that was some of the most exciting horse racing I ever saw. Yeah. What do, yeah. They, what do you call that? I don't see that anymore. Her dad used to races. race like that. They're match, match races. races. Okay. And uh, just two people and uh, two horses. And uh, then that's all they had. You know, it wasn't very many horses that uh, people had. God, and, those were fun. Yeah. So how many horses do y'all run now? We have five. Yeah. And do you just do Turf Paradise or you go all over the country? We used to. But uh, I told him I was staying home this summer. <laughs> <laughs> I had too much to do around the house, and I wanted to stay and home. And been working so. on this book for a year, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we had to, uh, he said, okay, then. Because normally we go to San Francisco, California, to the fairs. And we love to Del Mar. So, but this year, we're home. Well, what a, what a, what a. Icon you are, Ray, just and all the different things you've done. You've used How do you your spell 92 icon? <laughs> <laughs> you've used your 92 years well. And you've documented it in this book. Jim, you want to fill us in on the book a little bit and sure. where people can get it. Sure. The, the book is uh, Ray Odom, A Lifetime of Radio Records and Racehorses. And uh, it put together over the past year, there's a variety of uh, pictures in here of all the folks that Ray had a chance to meet throughout his career. Like I mentioned, uh, Ronald Reagan, before he was a politician and an actor, he did play-by-play. Ray did with Ronald Reagan. Uh, my goodness, uh, all the big country stars, you, you know, actors, everybody that you can think of in the industry. And uh, uh, definitely he was Mr. Country Music in Phoenix for many years. A lot of people know the name Ray Odom all over this state. And it's available at Amazon.com. And we have four copies to give away this morning. So if uh, first four people to text the name of the racetrack here to 411-923, we'll give um, mail them some signed copies of Ray's book. Radio Records and Racehorses. Racehorses. Yes. I think I can get away with this. no, just, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's no. talk about black magic <laughs> instead. When, when, so, you, when you start the when sentence you have, with that. <laughs> that was one of the first things they taught radio is, if you have to think, don't. <laughs> That's right. That's right. No way. <laughs> now, being in horses, you guys know then the secret on how to make a small fortune with horses. Well, a lot of times there's no fortune. <laughs> you start with a large one. <laughs> yeah. And it goes. <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> but they've got such a love for their horses. It's incredible that uh, the, the, the care and uh, gentleness that they have out there. Yeah. We were out the track last season. But definitely uh, uh, these folks are, are still at it all these yeah. years. Just looking at uh, in the book, picture of Cesar Romero and uh, in the Navy. I was at three different bases. And. All the sailors there call me Cesar Romero. <laughs> and I, he and I did a show one time at Corrick's in Phoenix, a huge department store. And uh, he, we got up on the stage together, and he said, you could be my double in the movies, for crying out loud. We look like twins. <laughs> and we, there's you a do. Resemblance it's very, the, very close. I think who you were thinking of earlier, Ray, was Roger Moore, the actor. Didn't he, uh, uh, didn't he go out to the racetracks with you a lot? Roger yeah, Moore, yeah, the actor. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. And I, he and I Played hosted a, a it, thing in front of the grandstand one day. Yeah. In San Francisco. Yeah. Well, Thanks for we, reminding we me We sure that. appreciate y'all coming in. Ray and Dolly Odom and Mr. Jim West. Thank you, Rosie. This has been a great hour. It's yeah. been a pleasure visiting with you lovely people, and I know you have a million 
listeners and viewers. <laughs> and, well, they were all goodness. pleased to get to hear your story this morning, and they'll enjoy reading your book. Thank you so much. The Rosie on the House Arizona Hour, driven by Sanderson Ford. Time forgotten, our dreams just fell by now you're talking. All this time, country music and not one reference of Waylon. I'm like, come, come on. Well, there's a good reason, because this man right here hired Waylon to his radio station. Now we're talking big time. That's good music. That's good music. I can't tell you for how long it's been that uh, if I had to take, if I could only have one artist to listen to just give me my Waylon Jennings box set and I'll be fine Waylon started out in uh, of course using radio for a time in Texas then he ended up at a little station in Coolidge KCKY in the early 60s and then he came up to Phoenix to start performing and Ray hired him part-time at K-Hat radio and Ray of course brought uh, Dwayne Eddy uh, into Madison Square Garden all these big early stars that Jimmy started Dell. their career in Jimmy Dell of course too Jimmy's in the book uh, all these great stars that started in Arizona, grassroots people that uh, Ray was responsible for. Jimmy has for. become a very good preacher. Yeah. Well, we have just really enjoyed having you all this morning. Jim West, author of the Phoenix Sound, and I guess you did some great editing and I research on this. I did some research this. and, yeah. and uh, interviews, but uh, also Bev Cole. Bev is, of course, the uh, the person that wrote most of the book, as told to uh, be Ryan Cole, Bev Cole. Uh, Mr. Odom, of course, uh, had a had, uh, chance to visit with her, and she did a great job of writing most of the books. Marvelous. Wow. Marvelous. Now, Ray, yes. I want you to do one favor for me. I don't think a lot of people younger than myself know that radio hasn't always been 24 hours. Well, you're only 20 now yourself. Well, oh, gee, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so um, used to be sunrise to sunset That's on correct. AM stations. On, well, or, they were full-time stations, but there were daytime stations also. Okay, all right. Oh, okay. And so you developed a little... Uh, Good night saying for your station. Would you be willing to say that for us? I'd be happy to. Sign off. Sign off. Sign Sign off. At the end of the day, of course, at daytime station, when you come to the end of a day, a day you've spent with a friend, there's a feeling of sadness about you, though otherwise you might pretend. The music that we've listened to has made us laugh and cry, and other songs have given faith to face the by and by. Now this day is over. And parting is sweet sorrow. May the good Lord bless and keep you. And may we share again tomorrow. That is absolutely lovely and well said. Thank and you. who wrote that for you? Neil Levitt, who's our program director at K-Hat. Okay, one more. Rex Allen. Took him about five minutes. Rex Allen, Good yes. friend, good friend, and a great guy, and horrible, horrible death. My oh, God. Goodness. Yes, yes. Rex was great, wasn't he? Oh, great voice, great singer, and he... He was from Wilcox, Arizona, born and reared there, and uh, he used to call me before Rex Allen days. He'd say, Ray, you going to bring black magic down and be with me? And I said, I wouldn't miss it, never have, and I never will. And uh, we'd always go down, uh, Dolly and I, and take, haul the horse down and have a great time down there. Well, like we say, Romy, I think you've named this hour pretty appropriately. <laughs> Arizona people, places, and events, always having a great time. A real privilege to have Jim and Ray and Dolly in this morning. Thanks a million. Thank we've you. Got, Thank you very much. We've got uh, the Big Crawfish Festival was last week up at Bison Ranch. We've got to recognize them as our staycation sponsors they are. They're for this hosting week, our right? staycation couple this week at the Win- World Mark uh, 
Wyndham World Market. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Yeah, it is. It is. Bison Ranch up on up Heber area. Just really lovely. If you want to get off, off the desert floor and you don't have your own cabin, great accommodations. Take your whole family. they got great big condos with kitchens and, and just uh, kind of made to feel like an old west. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boardwalk town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of shops, a lot of good restaurants, and uh, they've got horseback riding right there. You could jump on a horse and go for a trail ride. You can lakes it, close by, and they even have a little catch and release right there on the property as well. So yeah, take a trip up. It's a nice place to stay. Bison Ranch, yeah, that they are this month's sponsor of the Rosie on the House Arizona Staycation. You can only win that one place, and that's at our website, rosieonthehouse.com. We draw a name every month. On the 15th of every month, we empty the bucket, draw one name, and that one winner can go over to Sanderson Ford and pick out any car they want in the demo lot. And Sanderson Ford gives you the keys. Jennifer fills the gas tank up for you, gives you a gift card so you don't have to buy any food on the way, and we send you to some destination. Next week, next month, we are going to Winslow. Is that right? Yes, sir. La, 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 Posada. La Posada and Winslow. So, oh, wow. It'll be, it'll be oh. awesome. Beautiful it's worth that hotel. just for the you restaurant. You get to stand oh. on the corner, too. Yeah, you get mm-hmm. to stand on the corner, and you get to dine in the turquoise room. Probably one of the finest, in my in my opinion, one of the finest restaurants in all of Arizona. Watch so. the train, and there's a few things to do close by. Yeah, yeah. yes. So, some great things to do up there. So Something real simple I used to do. I'd grab a glass of wine from the restaurant, walk out to watch the trains go mm-hmm. by. Because you, you got to be an SF fun. train, it seems like, every 20 seconds. I can only tell you one thing. Don't step over the wall. <laughs> <laughs> That's very important. They, Rosie always thinks things don't apply to him. They, 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 there was a there was a do not cross the wall sign way down at the end of the yard. He and Tom Riley, like, they don't mean us. There must be some kind of electronic beam or something, then they know it's broke because we just stepped over the wall. Man, we had people all over us. Miss Sandy was not happy. <laughs> do not step over the wall at La Posada to take a closer look at the train. Rock and churn one. All right, 8 o'clock hour, we've got Greg Peterson, Urban Farmer, coming in to talk about Farmer, water, rain, rain harvesting. Well, water harvesting. Rain is just one of four ways to harvest water. And Thank goodness. Farmer Greg's going to walk us through that. Yeah. <laughs> Farmer Greg's going to walk us through that. If you got a question, join the conversation. one 767 4348 